right, hello everyone and welcome back to Allentown Presents. We are doing March Spotlight on musicals this month, which is one of my favorite things in the whole world. And due to unforeseen coronavirus circumstances, <laughs> uh, some of our episodes are, most of our episodes now from here on out are just going to be me and Otis for a while because... Yeah. Well, we're not supposed to go out of our house and see anyone else. So to prevent the spread of this ridiculous virus and to stop people from getting sick or and to stop ourselves from getting sick, it's just going to be us chatting about musicals. So some of them Otis will really like because they're musicals he actually enjoys and others he's just going to have to sit through and deal with it because... I mean, I've seen a lot of the ones that you brought up is just... I just They're feel not I don't have. I feel I don't have to see it again. Yeah, but I'm gonna make you see yeah. it again. So I that's... saw it once and I was like, "Well, I'm great. <laughs> that, that's that was cool, 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 cool." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So for this week, uh, we ended up watching Little Shop of Horrors, which is one of Otis's all-time favorite movies, not just musicals, but movies. Yeah, probably your favorite musical, I think. Yes. Yeah. So. If you haven't seen Little Shop of Horrors, it is a freaking classic. It is. It came out in 1986, December 1986, and it stars... Why am I blanking? Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis, thank you. <laughs> it stars Rick Moranis uh, as... What the, what's the kid's name? Seymour. Yeah. Seymour... Krellborn. Krellborn, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rick Moranis as Seymour Krellborn. Jesus. And he is basically this nerdy, like, really shy kid who works in a flower shop from the guy who, like, saved him from the streets, basically. Yeah, Mr. Raised, Mushnick. Mr. Mushnick raised him up from a babe. And their flower shop is going under. Mr. Mushnick is, there's nobody buying anything because they live in Skid Row. Their flower shop is in Skid Row, which is, like, the jankest part of town. And all of a sudden, Seymour comes into this or owns this plant that this mysterious plant that arrived basically out of nowhere during a total solar eclipse so he buys it and takes it to the shop and puts it in the window of the shop and all of a sudden the shop just everybody starts going to the shop because they're like <laughs> what the fuck kind of plant is that this is a tiny weird ass plant what is that everybody weird wants... and exotic plant <laughs> um so that plant, the plant alone, kind of digs the helps dig the flower shop out of just complete shutdown. Basically, it works really great until Seymour figures out what it actually eats. He's trying to figure it out from like when the plant is really really small, trying to figure out what it's going to eat, and he pricks a, his finger on a rose bush and starts to bleed and figures out that the tiny plant just wants to drink his blood. So it's basically a vampire plant. So he starts giving it blood, and as the movie progresses and the plant starts getting bigger and bigger, you see Seymour's hands, Rick Moranis' hands, just deteriorate. There's, like, bandages all over them. Yeah. He's, he's, like, paler in the face. Makeup did a great job on him in this scene, or in this movie, just looking just dilapidated. Like... Yeah. <laughs> But there's only so much blood that Rick Moranis can give. So eventually the plant grows to be to a size where his puny drops of blood are not good enough. And the plant starts to talk. 
which is horrific, and convinces <laughs> Seymour to commit murder, basically, to feed the plant. So Seymour murders the bad guy in the movie. Kind of like, mm. like a Disney murder. He was there. He could have helped a little bit well, more. Well, no, he didn't actually murder the guy. The yeah. guy died. So the guy fucked himself up and died. Seymour just disposed of the body and fed it to the plant. Is yeah, basically yeah. what he, happened. He's not. He didn't. He wasn't actually a killer at that moment. He's not pure. He did chop that body up. He did chop <laughs> the body up. So he feeds uh, the body to the plant, and the plant grows just ginormous. And the rest of the movie is basically Seymour trying to get out of the light of the plant because the whole world is going crazy over the plant. He's being offered, you know, TV shows and guest spots and the cover of Time of Life magazine and all these different things. And he's just really overwhelmed and he's feeling really guilty for having killed or having, you know, fed a body to this plant. (laughs) And he's trying to escape it and he's trying to figure out what to do and the plant is basically like, nah, dude, you're not getting away. Like, I'm gonna murder you. (laughs) And that's basically the whole movie. Um, There are two different endings to this movie. Um, if you have the DVD version uh, or Blu-ray, you have the option of watching both. You can like go into the special features and watch either one. Um, I don't know if both of those are available if you stream it, like if you look no, at it on if, Amazon or whatever. I think they just go with the the, the, the original? good ending. No, oh, they the go good with the... ending. Okay. Yeah. So there's there's two endings. Spoiler alert! If you haven't seen this movie, like it's been basically 35 years. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, you had your chance. I'm sorry if I spoil this for you. So, there's two endings. The good ending, which is the one that we watched tonight, is um, Seymour and Audrey end up together in the movie, like, third act of the movie, beginning of the third act. They end up together, which is great, because Seymour's had a crush on her for forever, and Audrey just, like, loves him, but can't really love him because she was already in a other relationship. So, they end up together... And at the end, they both realize that the plant is just fucking horrible after it tries to eat Audrey. And they decide they have to get rid of it. So they they try to work together, but Seymour's like, no, Audrey, I don't want you to get involved. I don't want you to get hurt. So he goes in and he tries to fucking take out this plant. And this plant just fucking wrecks him, like brings the whole flower shop down on his head. <laughs> and then he like lifts a hand out of the fallen ceiling and electrocutes the plant and kills it and then he i don't know fucking walks out of the rubble and into audrey's arms and they end up married and live happily ever after basically that's the (laughs) that's the good ending now the bad ending of this movie is the stage play and also the stage play ending of this show and basically they go in or Seymour walks in as Audrey 2, the plant, is eating Audrey 1, tries to get her out and can't. Audrey gets eaten completely. Seymour decides he can't live without her and goes in after her to, like, try and get her out of the plant and ends up killing himself, basically, to be with her inside the plant's stomach. And then, because there's no one else in the shop to, like, stop anybody, people start coming into the shop to see the plant and take clippings, and eventually the plant just takes over the world. It's in every house, it's everywhere, and they don't show it in the movie or in the stage play, but it's assumed, because there's like a, an animated ending at the end of the 
movie version where it just shows the plant taking over the like eating everyone yeah <laughs> uh it doesn't it clear it really doesn't show that in the movie like all these different audrey twos just eating people in real time but it's just like a cartoon so that's what happens so it's funny the because the, the original ending uh so frank oz and um I can't remember who else helped Frank Oz with it. Um, they wanted to do the original ending. Like, they wanted Seymour and Audrey like, to lose. Sad ending, yeah. Yeah, and they showed it to test uh, screenings and stuff, and everyone hated it. The whole movie, they cheered for everything else, and they were like, yeah, we love Audrey, we love Seymour. And then at the end, they die. And uh, Frank Oz said it's different from a, sc- from a play, because in a play, the good guy can lose at the end, and then at the end of the movie, or the play, they come out and they take a bow, and you're like, okay, that was just the story. They're fine. But he said in a movie, when people die in a movie, they're dead. All intensive purposes, they are gone, and people hate that. I mean, they did it in Les Mis. Yeah? Just people dying left and right in Les Mis. Yeah, but... Sweeney Todd, too. Like, but like <laughs> Seymour. Just, everybody dies yeah, in Sweeney but, Todd. But Seymour and Audrey, they were so nice, and you think they're going to make it, and they find each other, and it's like, nope, you got eaten. Yeah. And then, you know, Audrey, too, is walking around on top of the Statue of Liberty, just breaking shit, and yeah. that's it. It turns off, and then, you know, the... the uh, the Greek chorus, the three girls, they're just singing. And they're like, well, don't feed the plants because yeah. this is what happens. And I'm like, shit. So, yeah, they had to change it because they everybody was pissed off. And so that's why um, they did that at the end, like the end end of the time of the movie. That's why in that scene when that hand just comes out with the electrical wire, you don't see um, Rick Moranis's face. It's just an arm comes out and does it. So they just had somebody do that part, and then they, you know, he walked out of rubble, and they hug. When they run into the house at the end, when everything's fine, the three girls walk by. When it passes the second girl, the camera pans down really quick, and you only see the legs of the last girl. Mm-hmm. If you tell, because the light-skinned one, uh, Tisha, Tisha, Campbell. Tisha Campbell, the person they got, because she couldn't come back for that extra scene, the person's not as light as her. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Well, we... I was wondering why they didn't show Tisha Campbell's yeah. like face at the end." And I was like, mm, "Something had to have happened." Yeah. So like, they they because she, she, she was very clearly like one of the three. Like you couldn't just skip. I don't know. It was yeah. weird. So she couldn't come back for it. So they were like, well, "Okay, we'll just pan down really fucking quick." So it looks like it's her. Uh, yeah, they had to do that scene like right at the end, and it actually pushed back the date of the movie. It was supposed to be a summer movie. But then all the, the re the reshoots. Yeah, that's why it came out in December, like what a month before I was born. <laughs> so yeah, people don't like bad endings. No, that's not true. There are some really good movies with bad endings, and there and people love them. Like American Beauty. I've never seen American Beauty. Bad ending. I've never seen it. Fucking seven. Bad ending. Also never seen it. And people love it. It's, it's a I've never good seen movie. either one of those movies, and I'll bet you I'll fucking hate them because I hate shit with bad endings. Well, you know the the you know the breakup with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston. Ooh, I don't know if I I've seen that. Fucking hate that movie. <laughs> that movie was such fucking trash. It was like, it was a rom com. It starts out as a rom com, and they like fall in love, and then it's cute, and then they break up like mid movie, and then you expect them to be together, like to come back together. 
because they do like meet again like they you know they spend their little time apart or whatever and then they meet back again and you're like okay here's the second meet cute like this is where they're gonna get back together whatever they're gonna fix whatever dumb shit they fucked up yeah and then they fucking don't and they're just broken up from the middle of the movie for the rest of the movie jeez like who <laughs> the fuck wrote this and why did they anybody just agree to make this into a movie it's so stupid I was so fucking pissed when I came out of that theater. Like, I went and saw it at, like, the, the cheap theater. Me and Sarah and, like, two other people. And I was so fucking mad. I was like, what the shit ending was that? <laughs> so fucking mad. Don't give me a rom-com and then make it so fucking... Like, okay, if someone had died, if one of them had died at the yeah. end... Okay, sure. Yeah, that's a that's an sad ex- rom-com. That's an acceptable ending yeah. to, like... Like, they were in love... And they were in love till the very end of one of them. That's okay. Sad. But it happens. Yeah. But don't give me a fucking rom-com where they fall in love and they're together together. And then mid-movie they break up and do not get back together for the other half of the movie. That's fucking weird. Like, you should have just ended that movie 45 minutes in. <laughs> they break up. That's the end of the movie. I don't need the other half where they just, like, <laughs> bullshit each other around. It was dumb. I was so... Oh, my God. I'm going to hate these other movies because you said... They have a bad no, ending. No, they're great. But, you know the thing that ties them together? Mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey. He's in both of them. Ooh, gross. No, he's good at this point. No, he wasn't. Oh, no. He messed with old dude from Rent way back yeah, in the Anthony day. Yeah, Anthony Rapp, when Anthony Rapp was like 13. Oh, no. Yeah. Kevin Spacey was a fucking trash all the way back in the oh, day. Oh, no. So all of those movies are trash. Oh. Every role he's no. done was has been tainted by that because Ooh. that was done when Anthony Ooh. Rapp was hella young. Oh, no. That was like 20, 30 years ago almost. Damn, that's hard. years ago. Yeah. But, but still, I, w- I want you to watch Seven. <laughs> it's really I know, good. I'll watch it. It's really good. I'll watch it, but still, trash. I can't think of any other ones, but there's some... Oh, South Central. That's a it's a bad ending movie. It's, um... I forgot you, what... You said that, and all I have in my head is don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood, and I know that's not what you're talking about. Ooh, maybe it's not South Central, it's don't be a menace. It's, that's what I just said. No, 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 it's, it's the not spoof one. It, they're, oh. No, menace to society. Menace. menace I was going to say, yeah. don't be a menace is the spoof. Like, that's the Wayne's Brothers one. Yeah, uh, menace, menace to society. That's the one. It's, it's, it has a bad ending. I've never seen it, but... It's good. It's a gang movie? I no, imagine. not gang. That's shocking. He's just doing gang stuff, but he's not a gang. He's he's a bad kid. Is some hood shit. Yeah, hood of shit. Of course, there's always a bad ending in a in a hood movie. Always, like the one kid who was supposed to make it out of the hood, and is really smart, and he's gonna go place the healing in college. He fucking gets shot at the end. Most uh, well, he's most not a, he's hood not a good movies. Kid. <laughs> okay, but you yeah, know, no, you I see my point. Saying. There's always like. Yeah. There's no, there's not a happy ending to a hood movie. Like most of them, it's like, all right, hood shit, hood shit. Okay, happy. Like it's getting happy in here. There's some adversity, but we're gonna get through it. We're gonna get through it. And then the good kid dies. Yeah. And you're yeah, just Ricky. like the fuck. Yeah, Ricky running down that alleyway and took that shotgun. Ricky. <laughs> he was fucking around. He went to get a lotto ticket. He should have went straight no, fucking home. I know. You don't gotta tell me. I fucking know. Okay. I fucking know. Well, he got blasted. It happens in all these movies. Yep. We could go on for hours about hood I know. movies. Just like, <laughs> just like people getting fucked up. And it's not even, it's 
it's non it's non racial too because it yeah. happens in like the outsiders mm-hmm. when fucking they they burn up in that church and pony no wait, not, not pony pony, pony boy. boy actually survives the good kid actually does make it out of that one but his best friend who was keeping him make being the good kid does not damn i haven't seen that movie in forever it had That's so a many good like, ass movie like cute boys in it that is a good ass i know movie. people were freaking out when that movie came out Everybody was a cutie pie. <laughs> so that movie is great, but would have been much better had they waited five years on all of those actors. They had just slept on those actors for another five years. Like, they would have been a little bit too old to play the characters, but, I guess. But they would have looked better. But they would have looked so much better. Yeah. They all, because it was like their first role, they all look hella Tora. <laughs> yeah. Well, not all of them, but <laughs> a lot of them. Rob Lowe always been a cutie. He's yes. a vampire. Vampire. He's a cutie. But yes, those were the two endings to the movie. Oh yeah, sorry, that was a tangent. Yeah, <laughs> talking about some good shit. Out. No, that was that was that was a, a tangent. It's like blue balls of tangents. We haven't done one in so long that hard. So, yeah. <laughs> so we, we needed to get that out. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like we're gonna go on a lot of tangents in our next episode. So. Yeah. Because there's a lot to tangent off of. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, you talked about we talked about the whole movie. Yeah, that it had a bad ending, the but they went with the good one because they're not stupid. Yes, <laughs> yes, we did. That's the whole. So that's the entire movie. It's really good. How about some fun facts? Fun facts. So uh, the song "The Mean Green Mother." So when Seymour decides that he's gonna kill the plant, and the plant's like, "Who the fuck do you think you are, bitch?" And he comes out with the song, and it's called "Mean Green Mother from Outer Space." And he tells Seymour that he's not from Earth and he will fuck him up. And he has these little buds that come out and they sing with him. So he has his own chorus with him. That's pretty Um, great. That song is the first Oscar nominated song ever to include profanity. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So they had to actually make a a nice version of it because. I mean, I'm shocked. But also not. Well, it was 86. 86. I, I don't think there that was that many... There wasn't a lot of music that had profanity in it at that time. Yeah, that's like, what I'm profanity saying. Profanity didn't really bust into the music as much until the late 80s, 90s. Yeah. Until we hit, like, punk rock. Until Well, I mean, punk rock was already happening at that time, but it wasn't as big and it wasn't going to be Oscar nominated. And, like... Uh, hip hop, same thing. Yeah, like rap's not, rap wasn't going to be Oscar nominated at oh, that point. Not at all. Not for a long, long time. So, but yeah, so that was the first one be nominated. I wonder what they lost to. That's awesome. Because <laughs> I doubt 1986? it. Nineteen eighty six. Yeah, I doubt it won that. Was it, but... was it for best original song? Uh, I don't know what the nomination was for. Probably. Girl, I have it right here. I could just look it up. Yeah, probably. Oh, it's got to be song, right? I don't know. Because that song's not in the original song. It wasn't in the Broadway one that we watched. No, it's not in the Broadway one. So yeah, it had to be original. Because it's too hard to do. Yeah, because that plant's moving around hardcore. It's little plants. Even while we were watching it, I was like, "How the fuck did they do that?" Like in my mind, I could see that happening right now because they are remaking this movie. They're going to make a new version. I can see how that would easily be done now, like with computer animation and things, like all those arms moving around and all the the different parts of the mouth moving and all of the different limbs. Like it makes total sense. But I was watching this that scene and just being 
I'm in awe of the puppeteering yeah. that happens well, in this fucking um, scene. Like every single little tendril of his fucking yeah. roots is just like. Well, Frank Oz is the here. director, and you know Frank Oz. When you get Frank Oz and it's something plant related, you're gonna get Jim Henson. So Jim Henson and his son were actually involved with this movie, and every size of Audrey two, whatever number people helped with that size, the next size, multiplied by three. Multiply by three. Yeah. And so when it got to the size that it's like as big as a corner of a fucking room, there were like, what, 50 to 60 people just all having a job to keep it going. And actually every night when they finished the scenes and stuff, it had to be repainted, glued, taped, fixed up because the, the those plants, the things they make are just hardcore and they rip easily. So they had to fix it every night for the next you know day of of taping and stuff like that but yeah it was tons of people under that floor just sweating and flopping yeah. <laughs> and moving stuff too much no but it came out great but that's what happens when you got people that know what they're doing okay i'll let you look that up and i'm gonna keep going okay. so uh bill murray his scene when he's in the, the dentist's office uh oren yes i can't remember his last name it is extra weird mm-hmm. but um when he's in the dentist's office and he's all excited to get hurt he's like a masochist right yeah that scene all bill murray had was he's gonna talk to him before and then when he got into the chair they just said sit down in the chair that's it so bill murray did all of that extra stuff himself and it makes sense because he's a very funny dude so all the talking and stuff while he's getting tortured is just him and all the things he did afterward was all bill murray and it's fucking amazing what I'm looking up the 1986 Oscars, and it's not on here. Oh, maybe 87. The 1987. I'm looking at the wrong year. I was like, well, no wonder it didn't win, because <laughs> these, this music right now. Okay, 1987. That makes more sense. Okay. Uh, so, Ellen Green, uh, Audrey, the one you don't like, she was the only original member from the Off-Broadway cast. So, she did Audrey before. So, she knew what she was doing. Uh, do you know who they wanted to have for Audrey before they picked Ellen Green? Hmm. Madonna. She was one of them. Cindy Lauper. Yes. <laughs> Complete guesses, but their voices fit. Well, yes. no, Madonna fits visually. Cindy Lauper fits vocally. Yes. Um, Cindy Lauper was actually the first one they they were going for, and uh, she had tours and stuff like that. She couldn't like commit, and then Madonna, for some reason, Madonna couldn't do it either. So they just went with Ellen Green because they were like, well, she knows what she's doing, so we don't have to try that hard. And her boobs look great, all pushed up and stuff. So. They were fine with that. Eddie Murphy was one of the first ideas for Audrey 2, the voice. Oh, that would have been weird. A little too high. It would have been weird. Okay. His voice is great. It's just it a little too high. It would have made Shrek really hard to watch. <laughs> and, well, here's the thing. If it had been him, it would have made Shrek really hard to watch in the 2000s for any of our parents. And it would have made... This movie really hard to watch for any of us who didn't necessarily grow up watching it. True. But would have grown up watching Shrek and then gone back and watched it. Because, like, I didn't grow up watching this movie, but I watched it, you know, when I got into college and yeah. everyone was talking about it. And I was like, oh, damn. If I had gone back and it was the fucking voice of Donkey coming out of that goddamn plant, <laughs> I would have laughed my ass off. Like, yeah. well, I'm not taking this fucking plant seriously. That's bullshit. No, I, I think they picked the right voice. Levi Stubbs from The Four Tops. I oh, think yeah, he, was, he crushed it. I, I think Audrey that deep sh- voice. has to be deep. 
Like it makes more sense to be to, a yeah yeah uh, to be a lower voice. It just makes more sense. And Eddie Murphy has amazing singing voice for. Well, actually, a lot of comedians actually can sing well. Um, but yeah, you know, it makes way more sense that Levi Stubbs was the one that did it. What? <laughs> okay, nominees for the best original song mm-hmm. in 1987. Yeah, going off of movies from 1986. Mean Green Mother from Outer Space from Little Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm. Somewhere Out There from An American Tale. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's Life from Life in a Looking Glass. I don't know if I know that one. Uh, Glory of Love from The Karate Kid Part 2. That's the glory of love. That was Power of Love, and that was actually in 1986 at the 1986 Academy Awards. Glory of Love. (laughs) Curious name. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And then the winner. Any guesses? Uh, is it a cartoon? No. Musical 87? Not a musical. Oh, just... Best original song, 1987, from a movie. 87? A movie that came out in 1987. What genre is the movie? Action? Question mark? Really? I don't know what. Take My Breath Away from Top Gun. God damn it. I didn't think that was 87. (laughs) I thought that was like 89. No, it was 86. Um, That movie was 86. The awards are in 87. Okay, I thought... Man, I thought that movie was... Yeah. I thought that was like mm-hmm. 89, maybe 90 when Top Gun came no, out. No, the Shit. the um the spoof of Top Gun came out in like 89. Oh, uh, okay. With Charlie Sheen. Wow, that was Oh, uh Hot Shots. Hot Shots. Yeah. yeah Hot Shots Part 2. Yeah. Duh. Duh. Really? Wow. Man. My favorite scene from Hot Shots is the is the take my breath away scene because he fucking puts a grape in her belly button and then like pops it into her mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen Hot Shots in forever. Stupid. That whole sex scene is just absurd. Man, I need to show you wrongfully accused. It's a Leslie Nielsen movie. It's like The Fugitive. Yeah, it's fucking great. They got (laughs) Lamb Chop in it. Oh, so she's in there for a couple chop. of scenes. It's fucking funny. I love Lamb Chop. Yeah. No, that's a good one. Uh, let me see what else I got. So, um, the um, the three girls, ladies, they look really young. So I said girls. They were, they had to have been really young. I mean, she, they both would have been just, like, after this movie, a couple years after this movie would have been cast in Martin. Right? Yeah, because... Uh, and they were young in Martin. Because like, uh, were... Sheena Arnold, she this was her first... Film debut. This was the first thing she ever did. Yeah, Tashina Arnold. And then Tisha Campbell, she was in House Party, but I, I don't know if House Party was before this. It had to have been after. House Party would have come after. Yeah. Like so, a year after, maybe? Yeah, so she was in that after. dancing and being extra cute. But, um, so, the, I, I was thinking about it because those three girls, they're in the movie and they have characters. They're called the Skidettes, right? Something like that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Their names, all three of their names are bands back in the day. So it was like yeah. the Crystals, the Rocks, yeah. the Runettes, and the yeah. Chiffons. Yeah. So that's where they got their names from. Yeah. But what they do, what their job in that movie, it's called a Greek chorus. And it comes from uh, Sophocles' famous play Antigone. So. Oh, Antigone. What a yeah. fucking mess. <laughs> so there are tons of movies and musicals back in the day. That explain kind of what they do. Like I was telling you. Hercules. Yes. Disney's Hercules. Yes, the Greek the chorus. Muses. Yeah, the muses. So that's their job. They're, we are the muses. Yeah, so they're there to explain the story and help you out. 
and they kind of push the story forward. So they kind of do musical flash forwards. They'll sing things like, hey, he was doing all the stuff, so we don't have to use any time. Yeah. And it just pushed it forward like a year where he was being a hard ass and beating up everything. Um, in, um, what is it called? Willy Wonka, the Oompa Loompas. Yeah. They're there to make fun of all the kids and show how they died. And they didn't die. They're like, this is what you get when you are a piece of shit. La, 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 la. Yeah. And then they skip away. Don't be a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And we won't slap you hard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, apparently in Sweeney Todd, the Broadway version of it, um, they're, they don't explain what it is, but they, they they had a Greek chorus in there. They had people singing. Yeah, yeah. They're just to, the background. Yeah, the, push the story The ahead. chorus line. But that happens in a lot of plays yeah. where the chorus is involved in what's happening, but isn't physically in scene. Yeah. Like, they're not supposed to be physically But they're in special the because they are there and they have the same names as their weird overlooking singing versions. It's the yeah. same. It's them, but not them. Um, and there's something about Mary, the band that pops up sometimes in between things mm-hmm. when they sing. Uh, that's a Greek chorus. And like I was telling you, Babe, the Three Mice, that's a Greek chorus. Because in between everything, they sing what's about to happen. Like around when winter came and he wasn't fat enough, so they didn't kill him. And he's like, oh shit, Christmas is scary. <laughs> I love Babe. I need to watch that again. You know, that was uh, Tommy's voice from Rugrats. For Babe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, E.G. Daly. Yeah. La, la, la. La, la, la. La, la, la. La, la, la. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I got, uh, fun fact-wise. Yeah. All right. Well, then, who was your favorite character? Uh, it's tough. Every time I watch it, uh, it changes, and I think it's because I don't watch it like all the time it's like every like other year and mm-hmm. you know you grow a little bit and things change in your life um but i love audrey too audrey was fucking great and it's a shame that audrey's only in three songs because in the in the play it's only two because it's uh because they can't do the last one yeah because supper time and get it god damn it supper time yeah I, that song I like that song. I love that song in this play, but every time someone says it, like, that that's the name of the song, I think of the song Supper Time from You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, which is a song that Snoopy sings about, (laughs) like, being hungry. Basically, Snoopy is, like, daydreaming on top of his uh, house, and he's like, it's so late, I haven't eaten, Charlie Brown's forgotten all about me, I'm withering away, I'm gonna die. <laughs> and he's just, like, singing a song about, like, missing his supper. No. Like, daydreaming about supper, and then Charlie Brown is like, Snoopy, are you there? Like, I've been here for, like, five minutes. Fucking, like, your food's here. <laughs> Eat. And then he goes crazy about it and sings this whole really elaborate song Aww. about eating supper. Aww, like, about cute. how it's supper time. So that's what I think about, mm-hmm. even though I know that we're talking about the other about Little Shop. <laughs> but yeah, um, it, it's cool to see different versions because when we saw uh, in play form, we saw a high school do it. And uh, at that point, the kid that did it, he did a good job. It's just his voice wasn't deep enough and he was trying. Yeah. And plus he wasn't sassy enough. Did you see it? Have you only seen it once with me? Yes, I didn't see the other one. The other one? Okay. So it gets done... Here in Fresno, a lot. Um, it's a very 
common uh, play for for or musical for high schools too. to do. Oh, you just need a big ass plant. Well, actually, honestly. those those Audrey puppets are kind of hard to come by because they have they're very specific. And you so basically, the city of Fresno owns like a full set of them, and the high schools just like rotate it. Um, but there was uh, so the high school one we went to was same was the problem. You know, the guy didn't have the deep enough voice. But then before that, a couple years before that, um, Stageworks Fresno did it, which is not a high school, or maybe it's a mix because there's no, 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 usually I can't high school if kids. If it was Stageworks, I want to say it was Stageworks, yeah. which is like a they're a citywide theater company, not a high school theater company. Um, I think they did it because the kid who did Audrey Two was in college, yeah. like he was a Fresno State student, and his voice was deep as buck and he did great yeah like that kid's like on broadway now so good for him <laughs> but he did wonderful and he like when he came out everyone was like holy shit dude you were so good <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's it's really interesting seeing it um live i recommend to everyone if you haven't seen it live like once this coronavirus ban like ban thing is up find a local production of it or even non-local, like, go find a production of this and go see it. Because it takes so much work to make Audrey 2 come to life. Yeah. And I, have, I still have not seen anyone do it badly. Like, I'm sure that it does happen at some point. But everyone's really dedicated to making this work. And it does take a lot of people. Like, the high school that we went and saw together was... Um, Two kids inside Audrey 2 doing the puppeteering and another kid off stage doing the voice. Oh, so okay. it took three kids to do Audrey 2 where it usually takes two. Because usually it's one guy in the suit or in the puppet making the mouth move and everything and another person off stage singing. But because that one is so big and the puppeteers were just so small, I guess, it took three of yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's but, intense, but you should. Everyone should go see support local theater and local arts. Yeah, go, go and see a local version of it. Hopefully soon. I think it probably get pushed back. I don't know what's gonna happen, but uh, Selma, um, they have a version coming up later in the year, and I'm gonna try out for Audrey too. Um, yeah. So doing the Audrey voice is something I've always wanted to do. Uh, I watched this when I was a little kid all the time. Uh, my mom, she loved it too. So she would always, like, do lines from it because his voice is amazing. And the Four Tops, I know she listened to him. So she was like, oh, crap, let's leave that stubs. So I've always wanted to do the, the voice. And uh, I'm going to try out, hopefully, if it still happens. I don't know what they're going to do if they just cut one of the plays they're doing before it. Well, no. They or would just, just push it back. They would push everything back. Okay. Well, then. They haven't. If they've started rehearsal on a show that's happening right now, that one will get pushed back to the future, and everything else will just get pushed okay. back. Okay. Well, then that and might next, actually be next might year. Get moved then to next season, yeah. depending on how long this ha this lasts. Yeah. So, Little Shops, it's not going to happen this year, also, most assuredly. Everyone, if you know anyone who is involved in the arts at all—musicians, actors, singers, artists, like genuine artists—like go talk to them. Or not go talk to them, but call them up and see how they're doing. Because arts, like, I know everyone is hit hard in this, but artists, 
make their money by being in front of people and being around people and not being allowed to be in front of people or be around people is fucking people up yeah financially so check on your artist friends because a lot of them are not okay <laughs> please check in with your artist friends <laughs> sorry psa out yeah <laughs> Okay. Uh, so yeah. my favorite character in this entire show is Seymour. Um, Seymour's actually pretty solid main I will, character. I will say he's not my favorite necessarily in the stage version, but in the in this movie version, like Rick Moranis fucking kills it. And who knew Rick Moranis could sing? Because he doesn't sing in any other role that I have seen him in, which is a damn shame because his voice is fucking great. Yeah. Like... He knocks it out of the park. He plays the awkward, like, anxiety-ridden, like, scared kid. Oh, he's got that down to a T. <laughs> yes. It's literally his character from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, pre-kids. Like, he's just, he's so good at it, and he's a very, very good, co- like, comedian mm-hmm. that not a lot of people give him credit for. Well, not anymore. Like, Rick Moranis is not a name that a lot of people think of anymore because he left acting a long time ago and hasn't been back in a, quite a while. But the guy's pretty much a comedic genius. Like, his timing is great. All of his uh, physical uh, acting choices were great. Like, I don't know. He knocked it out of the park, and I loved him in this movie. All right, what is your favorite song? Favorite song? Um, No. I'm just going to go with it. Uh, so, uh, uh, Feed Me. Get it. That's my favorite one. It's it's a good song. There's different like tempo changes to it because it's just Audrey 2 trying to get Seymour to feed him. And he's, you know, he's slowly warping him saying, like, hey, man, like, just find me somebody and, and feed me. Like, I will make you rich. Like, I'm a talking fucking plant. People already come in here and I was tiny. I'm big. I can get you anything you want. Just bring me some food. And then towards the end, when he sees the dentist like hit Audrey, and he's like, yup, some people deserve to die. And he looks like playing food to me. It's a really good song. And it's the first time you hear Audrey 2 actually talk, and he starts singing instantly. <laughs> but yeah, it's always been my, like one of my favorite songs. My favorite song in this movie is You'll Be a Dentist. That's like... <laughs> sung by Steve Martin. A close second is the dentist song. No, I will. I, I will song. say his character is not my favorite. Uh, he's probably my second least favorite character, honestly. Oh, no, he's, uh, he plays what he's supposed to do perfectly. He does. He does a great job. But his like Steve Martin does great. And Steve Martin knocks it out of the park, does exactly what he's supposed to do. But the character of the oh, dentist... Oh, well, yeah, you're not supposed to like him. Yeah, I know. And I don't because of that. Like, they did a good job yeah, at that. he's evil. But the song, You'll Be a Dentist, is so fucking good. Like, it's just the dentist describing his upbringing and his mom basically telling him his entire life, like, you're hella fucked up, kid. You need to go into a job where you get to hurt people. And get paid for it, basically. <laughs> yeah, you're a sadist. Yeah, you're a sadist. You should be a dentist. <laughs> and it's just like, the lyrics are fucking great. Like, there's so much hyperbole in the lyrics. It's yeah, so good. It's great. It's it's such a good song. And oh, it's so good. I can't even, like, you just need to listen to it. Everybody yeah. should just stop and listen to 
you'll be a dentist from Little Shop and then think about that song the next time they go and see their actual dentist, which might be like a year from now. So who knows? Because coronavirus. Yeah. But honestly, (laughs) that 20 minute like pocket of time, because Get It happens right before that. Yeah. And then the dentist song happens. That's probably the best part of the movie. Yeah, the, the middle. That, that 20 that, minutes that right there. Part, yeah. oh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who's your least favorite character? Least favorite character? Mr. Mushnick. Mine too. Yeah. That guy sucks. He's poop. And he doesn't even sing. I know. In the play version, he does sing. And I still didn't really like him. He's, I don't, I don't he's like even him. worse in the play. He is. He's a bitch to Seymour like the whole time. Yeah, and and then when finally Seymour gets some money, he's like, son, I'll adopt you now. I'm like, you piece of shit. And then he gets eaten, and I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. what a dick. He's a turd in every version. Yeah, I agree. Mr. Mushnick is awful. He's my least favorite. Yeah, he's poop. Terrible. <laughs> right, what about your least favorite song? Least favorite song? Yeah, get rid of a song out of this movie. Oh. Cut it. Fuck. In the play version, there was a song I didn't really like. The one where he gets adopted. It's like Mushnick and Son. I didn't like that one at all. But Oh, I like Mushnick and Son. <sighs> but if I had to pick one in this... <sighs> Shit. Uh, I would take out... Oh, this sucks. I'd take out Supper Time. Even though it's your favorite song? No, 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 no. no. That Get It's my favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. But Supper Time, the one with Mushnick's about to get eaten. Yeah, yeah. I'd take that one out because in the movie version we get Mean Green Mother. And that's a crime that that's not in the play. Yeah. It's just too hard to do. Yeah, no. So, yeah, I'd say supper time. I love them all, but the one I, like, is, everything's 10. The one that's 9.8 is supper time. So I had to go with that one. Yeah. Everything else is good shit. Yeah. I'm throwing out a contra- controversial Broadway opinion. And the first saying, one? What? The first song? No. Oh, Okay. My least favorite song in this movie is the song that everyone fucking, like, uh, loves out of this yep. movie. And it's going to be Somewhere That's Green because... Oh, so cute! <laughs> Ellen Green's voice agitates the fuck out of me and I cannot stand it. Okay, when she's doing that weird accent, whatever it's supposed to be, and it's all, like, mousy. <laughs> like that... Which is most of that song. But, and then when she tries to sing, it's like she actually sings and forgets about her accent. And yeah, it's great. Kind of. She kind of forgets about it. Because then she goes, suddenly see moi. Like, just ridiculous. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. But then she'll like do that thing. She'll like I, dig in. It's there it's, are points she forgets. I don't forgets like suddenly Seymour either. To the two, both of those songs, both of those songs uh, she that was sings. A good song. I don't like her voice. Uh, somewhere I that cannot. green is so good. It's so I like hokey. The, I like the lyrics. Yeah, the lyrics are so hokey. And when I've seen it, when I when I, all the times I've seen it live, I've really liked somewhere that's green. Yeah. But in this movie, particularly, like or specifically, I do not like you, somewhere you, that's green. It's just you don't like her voice. I don't. Yeah. I don't like the choices that she made, and I don't see why or how. They put up with it in the production of this film. They had, yeah, they had an entire chorus of people who could actually fucking sing really, really well, and you still went with that like baby voice. Yeah, Why? I. If she didn't do the baby voice, if she had sung normally the entire time, that would have been great. Yeah, like you could talk mousy all you want, but then when it's time to sing somewhere that's green or anything. Sing normal. Just sing in it. your normal uh, voice. Yeah. Because a lot of people talk differently than they sing. Like, 
little kids. So, <laughs> this is not really, you know, the applicable to the wide world. But little kids, if you tell them to like, just if you have a conversation with a little kid and you're just talking, it's pretty normal. A little louder than what a normal person talks like because kids have no idea volume wise. But then if you ask a kid to sing, they're fucking screaming at you. Like kids <laughs> do not. There's like, there's like talking here and then yelling screaming let it go like just fucking absurd right (laughs) that's what she should have done because her strong voice when she does do it in suddenly seymour it is very nice aside from the weird inflection she does at the end of each phrase it is really nice but the whole of somewhere somewhere that's green is just like fucking annoying like her nose is like plugged up and she's just like super up in her head voice and it's too much yeah i don't get it i like those songs but i get what you're saying it yeah yeah it's it's too much mm-hmm. all right um we kind of already talked about how it compares to the stage version yeah what are your do you have any memories associated with this film uh just watching the shit out of this when i was a kid and uh my mom I, I want to say her favorite song was Get It. And that's probably why I like it a lot. Uh, a lot of the time, just out of context, like f- food, it'd be like dinner time. And she'd be like, feed me. Feed me, Simo. And she would just say that. So this movie was always around. Uh, never owned it. I think I like recorded it off like cable or something. But I mean, I watched it a lot. But I never had a copy of it. So I had some like bootleg version of it <laughs> I just watched the shit out of it but yeah i watched it tons when i was a kid yeah all right do you have a seven word synopsis shit my seven word synopsis um i finally thought of one singing plant eats all the white people you're right it doesn't touch <laughs> anyone of color in this movie because they're all floating in the sky singing about it <laughs> they're not close <laughs> enough to get eaten well, they are at some points. Yeah, but they never get fucking mouse reach. Yeah, because they're smart. <laughs> that thing is gigantic. Ugh. I ain't getting anywhere near a fucking That thing giant is scary. Like that. Yeah, it is fucking terrifying. Weird penis face. Gross. I don't understand how it looks at things. It it, does, how does it hearing? It how put is that it talking? Phone, it, it put that phone to the backside of its like it penis head and was like on the phone like, hey girl. Look out your window. It was like, hey. How is it talking? It doesn't have fucking vocal cords. Man, I don't understand the whole just process of that. It's an alien. We don't know. It eats blood and just got twice as big for no reason. Yeah. (laughs) What about you? My seven words for this movie is Rick Moranis is underrated as fuck. Yes. That's it. Because he is. I don't think he was underrated back then when he was in stuff. No, I don't then... think he was. Because he was kind of he was a big deal when we were kids. Yeah, he was in Ghostbusters and shit. Like he's he was great. In Ghostbusters. He was in Honey I Shrunk the Kids. He was in Spaceballs. He yeah, was in a ton tons of stuff. Of things. Yeah. yeah, I love him. No, I love him too. But because he like fell off the face of the earth, I think he became underrated. Yeah. Well, um, taking care of his kids, time. man. Yeah, but he's supposedly making a comeback now that his kids are all grown and stuff. So. I think he's going to come back and be in something new. Aren't they doing Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Aren't they bringing it back? Yeah, they're going to be, there's going to be another Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. It's like Honey, I Shrunk the Grandparents or something like that. Yeah. I think he's going to get shrunk in this movie. I don't know, but I'm really excited for his return to screen because I really like him. I'll watch it. No, I miss him. He was great. Yeah. There's tons of movies that he could have been in and 
said some cool lines and we'd laugh like, oh, right, look at Rick Moranis. I know. In here getting killed or he'd explode or something. Oh, yeah. Like, that's so stupid. Oh, yeah. He could have been a cameo in any any films for the last, like, 20 years. Like, yeah. I would watch There's every a shame. single There's one. There's a ton of movies. He probably would have been in something serious and be like, dang, Rick Moranis can act. Oh, man. See, we've missed out no, I don't, so much I don't stuff. want to see you in anything serious, Rick Moranis. I'm sure you have the ability, but I don't want to see it. I do, do more musicals. No, put it, do another musical. I want to see some scary stuff and put Rick Moranis in it. Oh, no, don't. <laughs> I don't want to see Rick Moranis get killed. No, he'll survive, maybe. No, not no, really. No, he won't. He's too old to survive. Hmm. He's got to save the girl. He's like, get out of here, sweetie. Ah. No, I don't want to see that. Only comedy <laughs> and musicals. Ah. Only comedies and musicals and comedy musicals, please. <laughs> comedy musicals. <laughs> oh, he could be in a rom-com. I watched the shit out oh, of a rom-com cute. with Rick Moranis. Be a sassy dad. Oh my gosh! Ooh. Yes. Or a or a like, uh, or a divorced dad trying to get back in there. Or like a widower. Like yeah, he is. Uh, a little too close. Does fucking uh, what is his name? Liam Neeson. Yeah. Playing like his fucking self in Love Actually. Well, kind of. He didn't know, but no, he did in Love Actually. Fucking Liam Neeson. He plays a widower, and his wife dies of, like, cancer or something. At the very beginning of the film, they, like, go to the funeral. They're at the funeral. And right before he shot this film, or right before this film came out, like, between filming and when this film came out, his actual wife died, like, in a tragic accident. Yeah. So. You remember when his friend, something happened to her, and he said he wanted to, like, go outside and kill, like, a black person? (laughs) <laughs> <Your Yes. eyes. laughs> i remember that but i don't remember it being racial no he said he wanted to find some black person and kill him or beat him up real bad that like video came out i'll show it to you later no i remember it i just like i was like leave me since what you saying he didn't i know he was just upset but i don't know why he had to tell that story because i don't think he's racist Old people make really odd decisions. I was like, why did you tell us that? When they're in the line. I was like, no one put a gun in your head and tell us, like, hey, you ever thought about beating up a black person? He's like, actually, yes. Oh, because that was a question. Mm. It was like in an interview. Somebody, like, questioned him, like, if he had ever thought about, uh, yeah, because it was something like, it was like around the time of, um, Jesus, there's been too many shootings. The very first one. Trayvon Martin, I think. It was around that time, and someone had, like, in an interview, because that was, like, huge politically at the time, that's what everyone was talking about, someone had asked him, you know, have you ever thought about, you know, uh, beating up a black person or killing a black person or something like that? And then he admitted, like, you know, not thinking anything really of it. He wasn't thinking of, like, the publicity side of it. He was like, honestly, yes, I have. And then he told this, proceeded to tell this story where one of his really close friends got like raped by a black dude and he was like about to go fucking murder somebody because it's Liam Neeson and why would you ever touch anyone who was anywhere in the vicinity of Liam Neeson's life? Like, we seen what that boy can do? Why? It's not like they have like a fucking name tag that says I know Liam Neeson's. You'll I get, would fucking get, fucked up if get a tattoo me. of that on my body. Like, <laughs> if I was in Liam Neeson's circle, I'm like, yeah, Liam uh, Neeson's knows where I am. Like, yeah. ooh, oh no. Yeah. My friend Liam Neeson's has a very specific set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it was unfortunate, but I think the 
the interview got spliced a bunch of times and like cut up and it just <laughs> i hate like, black people that's yeah <laughs> and that's pretty much what it became and that's what the internet was like oh my god i can't believe he said that but the full interview wasn't as bad as yeah. like it was made to seem yeah i just like, remember hearing that not, and i was like he wasn't actually racist and it wasn't it wasn't like i want to kill him because he's black it was just like no i wanted to kill him because he did this bad thing yeah I just, I just remember saying, and like, oh, baby, what are you and doing? You added the, like, the interviewer added black into the equation. Like, yeah. oh, no, baby, what is you doing? <laughs> I was like, yeah. quit it. Quit it. Leave that man alone. You don't know what he's saying. Yeah. But, yeah. Honestly, all of old Hollywood should just shut the fuck up. Maybe don't say anything in interviews ever because y'all be fucking up out here. Mm-hmm. Like, admitting that you're racist as shit. Mm-hmm. Maybe just don't. Like, keep that to yourself. Yeah, fuck them. Or don't. Tell everyone. Get canceled. Nobody will like you. It's fine. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> what are you looking at? Scaring me and shit. <laughs> There's like a helicopter or a plane. Shit. Like... You looked into the darkness just no, concerning. Looks, I was like, it the looks fuck's behind me? Weird. It looks fucking weird out there. Okay, shit. You scared me. <laughs> you were There's like, a eh. clown. <laughs> like, dip, you wouldn't say it. You wouldn't say it like that. There's a fucking clown behind me. You would be getting up. Like, yeah, there's a fucking clown behind you, and then I'd scream, and then we all run. Yeah, that's what we run into. We're not allowed to go outside. Better than me inside with a fucking clown that came out of the darkness. (laughs) Fuck this corona. No, I'm definitely getting coronavirus if a fucking murderous clown's in my house. Yeah. How's it going, guys? Honk, honk. I'm like, well, I'm going out that window. Well, coronavirus it is. (laughs) Yeah. So, So, what's next? Um, I think that's it. We did our seven words. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, so go see this movie. Check it out. Sorry for the 100 million tangents. I apologize, but not really. Um, I have... We didn't do the budget. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, this movie came out December 19th, 1986. I was negative a month old. Uh, <laughs> how much do you think this movie was of the budget? Ooh, 1986? Forty million. Woo! Twenty-five. I almost said some shit in the twenties, yeah. but because I was looking at the Blues Brothers one and their budget was outrageous, I yeah. was like, "Well, there was a lot of people in this movie, and the puppeteering would have been a lot, and the costumes were a yeah. lot." I was like, no, that's reasonable. I was trying to be reasonable. I was like, mm, "Maybe, but no." <laughs> no, that's extra reasonable. So, how much do you think it made? So, twenty-five thousand or twenty-five million. Um. I'm sure it made its money. Hell yeah! Because it's Broadway, and all, almost all Broadway. It did great. The, re- great. the reviews were, great. were like, yeah, uh, Ebert and Siskel, Siskel and Ebert, Ebert, two thumbs up. They said this movie was amazing. Yeah, seventy-five million dollar reviews. Thirty-nine. Oh, so not great. Didn't even double its money. Yeah, but it did great. But it's it did better than it. Probably the idea of watching a plant. I, I'd like to think in the trailer back then they probably showed the plant and people were like that's weird. Well, it made thirty nine million more dollars than Cats made, so that and it came out in December. December is not a good December month. December is for... a great month for musicals. That's when musicals come out. Wow, this would it would have came out in the summer and it probably would have done more. Musicals don't do typically don't do great in the summer. They tip musicals as a movie typically come out around Thanksgiving or like between Thanksgiving and New Year's. I'd rather like that's put the, this around Thanksgiving than mid December. Yeah. I would Right done. before Christmas is a tough time because everyone's broke. I don't yeah. know why any movies come out 
right before Christmas. Yeah, I would have put this... On Christmas, sure, because everybody gets their Christmas money and is like, fuck it, I'm going to go to the movies and spend my shit. But before Christmas, like that week before Christmas, everyone's broke as fuck. Like, ain't nobody going to the movies the week before Christmas. Yeah, I would have put this around Thanksgiving, not 19th of December. Yeah, it's a a weird time. That's a bit much, I would say. But yeah, that's all I got. All right, so this movie... Um, is rated PG-13. Um, I would say your little kids should be fine to watch it. It does say the word shit quite a few times. And titties. And it does say titties. So if you have problems with your smaller children hearing either of those words, don't have them watch this movie. (laughs) But other than that, uh, I mean, there's some blood, like there's murder undertones, but you don't actually really see anyone like you don't see anyone get murdered even the blood on the floor it's like brown it looks like mud yeah so yeah it does look like mud it's not it's not gory it's not like sweeney todd status where you're like seeing people it's not like a horror film where you're seeing people get chopped up or anything like that it's pretty tame it's tame there's just like murderous undertones and then the word shit a bunch of times and titties so um by 1986 standards like this was like a y7 movie because Nobody in the 80s gave any fucks about anything. <laughs> but by today's standard, it's PG-13. So watch it. It's fucking great. It's only an hour and a half, which for a musical is really, 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 really short. This is half of the length of most musicals. I was going to say, they took all the fluff out. We're not most musicals, but a lot of musicals. I will say I noticed that in watching this because we had talked... Before this started, we had talked about how short it was. And... This musical, more than most other movie musicals, is like song to song to song to song. Yeah, they get their shit in. There's not, there's hardly any spoken words between songs, which a lot of movie musicals add that in to kind of fill in the plot points that you're missing, just that don't come up, like that you don't see because you're not watching a stage production. Like you're, so when you see a lot of shows on the stage production, you you're seeing like the main scene of whoever is singing whatever's happening and then there's like a side scene typically like the rest of the set where something else is also happening simultaneously so you're getting to see two two things happening at once while whatever is being sung about um but in the movie in the movie versions you're only getting to see one at a time typically so most movie musicals run between two hours and three hours depending on the musical like so most movie musicals end up being between two hours and three hours because they add a lot of talking they add more they're able to add a lot more um in musically than what the typical show is because they have so much more money and cast and like background stuff to deal with like they can add more props and more things like that so like my favorite musicals are like Rent and uh, Hairspray, and both of those are like two and a half hours long. But when you see them, I mean, Rent when you see live is also two and a half hours long, but Hairspray is a little bit shorter live. So this one is very, very short though. They take out all the talking, it's or most of the talking. It's not like there's not a lot of conversation in it. No, it's just they they talk just a little bit, song, and usually the song progresses stuff really quick like get it 
It's like he's like, I don't want to kill. He's like, you should kill. It's fun. He's like, I guess I maybe. Want to, but yeah. Sees the dentist doing that. He's like, he needs to fucking die. And it's yeah. like on to the next scene. Yeah, and it and it's like two two or three sentences and then song again, and two or three sentences and then song again, and it's not like <laughs> it's a lot shorter than other movie musicals. So if you're for some reason only have an hour and a half to kill which i don't understand is possible because it's fucking coronavirus season everybody's inside and doing nothing so find this movie spend an hour and a half of your time watching this movie and you will love it it's fucking great it's really funny and yeah check out little shop it's great thank you frank oz right yeah thanks kermit thank you we love you miss piggy miss piggy and gonzo not Kermit. Kermit was uh, Jim Henson. Oh. <laughs> I think Frank Oz did Kermit after Jim Henson died. I was going to say, I thought but they... But Jim thought Henson he, was the voice of Kermit he did a ton for of them. a yeah. long time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Frank Oz did it, like everyone, for a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's weird watching, um, like, if you go back and watch The Muppets Take Manhattan or whatever, yeah. and you're like... Those are all the same voices. Like, there's no difference between, like, Piggy and Kermit and Fozzie and what, like... <laughs> like, that's like just Rolf this... sounds like four other people. Yeah, I was like, that's just the same guy. Like, he's not even changing his voice. No. <laughs> but... we're all kids. We didn't know. We were like, no, we ah, know. it's a dog. <laughs> no, it, yeah, but they, they do a lot better job of that now. There's a big difference oh, yeah. in all the characters. But if you go back and watch the older Muppet movies, you're just like, the fuck? Y'all trying? <laughs> <laughs> but it's I mean they're still great so <laughs> alright so yeah uh, excuse like 700 tangents uh, go watch Little Shop mm. and check out our next episode coming to you soon which will be about the Blues Brothers 1 and 2000 yeah watch both note that it wasn't 1 and 2 1 and 2000 yeah that was part of that whole thing well, when they were Xbox. getting close to the millennium everybody was doing 2000 and this shit Xbox 360. Xbox One. What's the new Xbox called? Xbox Series X. What the fuck? It should just be... It should have been the 720. Yeah. And then the, the 1080. Xbox, yeah, the 1080. <laughs> the 900. The 900, yeah. Have Tony Hawk on it. Hell yeah. I would buy an Xbox with yeah, Tony Hawk Yeah, and then they it. fucking re-release Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Oh, that would have been the perfect time. God, people would the die. The perfect time. People would literally God die. God damn it. God damn you, Xbox. <laughs> God damn you. Tony Hawk has to be talking to him like, hey, y'all want to do Tony this? Tony Hawk, please, if you're listening to this, get somebody to please, please, please remaster those games. I've been begging for it for like a year. Like every time we bring up remastered games, mm. I throw that one in the mix and everyone just like, what the fuck? That would be great. I'm like, no shit. Tony Hawk Pro Skater was the tits and we need it again. Please. I'd play it. I'd play the fuck I didn't play that, that much game. of those games back when I was younger, but then oh I was like, God. Tricky. Those... SSX Tricky. That was my shit. Oh, Snowboard. I, love, I liked, I liked SS, SSX Tricky, too. Woo. I love that game. That but game needs to get remastered. Tony Hawk Pro I'll Skater 1? all the money Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 is the fucking gem. Like, I could, I'm pretty sure I could play the very first level of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 right now with my eyes closed and get all, <laughs> like, the word skate yeah. and sing along to fucking Ace of Spades. Like, nobody even... <laughs> Like, that's like just, um, that's like so uh, Need for Speed Underground. Me and Terrell, we played the fuck out of that racing yeah. game. And Riders on the Sun, he's come on with Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Oh my God. Whoo! That's Skindred. Like, we're that's talking Skindred a whole other song. podcast talking about fucking video games. Nobody, that need to be nobody gets off my life. 
Oh man! Oh, Terrell used to flop to that song. Oh man, it's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, so our Twitter is Allentown Pod. Yes. Our email is AllentownPresents at gmail dot com. We're on the Facebooks. Uh, just put in uh, Allentown Presents on Facebook, and uh, Twenty Minutes of Bar has one, and Mr. Sparkle Power has one also. Uh, we're on just about any app you can look up podcasts on, so you can find us pretty easy. Uh, there's a song by like Billy Joel with Allentown in it, so just Go past Skip that. Skip over that one and go to us. Yeah, we're the only like podcast with the Allentown presents. <laughs> but yeah, no, we're out there yeah. trying our best. Check us this. out. Send us to your friends since we're all under quarantine right now. Like mine as well. Social distancing. What else are you gonna do? Yeah, we're Think out here trying. After you disinfect your house, put on a podcast. Or while you disinfect your house, listen to our podcast. Our cat's really cute right now. Mm-hmm. God damn. That's all I got. I don't know if you want to. Nope, that's it. Uh, So check us out for our next episode coming to you soon. Love you all. Bye. Okay, see you guys.